Hello, Wear Many Hats listeners. Welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Mark Robinson, and today I am really pleased to be joined by the Head of Recurement for Dalkia UK, Steve Hanrahan. Hello, Steve. How are you doing? Hello. Good, thank you. Having a good day? Uh, yeah, it's been a good day yeah. in our London office today. So oh, yes? Yeah? Uh, yeah, quite a few people in there, so it's been a, Was that? Yeah, a good sociable day. Good. So, so is, is there quite a few people coming back to the office in your place now? Yeah, so I guess for us as a facilities management company, yeah. all of our kind of contract teams have been out working throughout COVID. Right. So they were never furloughed. Um, yeah. They just continued delivering because um, we work on a lot of critical buildings. Yeah, so they'd have had key worker status, I'm guessing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, now we're sort of encouraging people to come back in. Yeah. Um, I think it's good for mental well-being, um, mm. having people in the office, yep. that face-to-face interaction, yep. much better for building relationships. Um, so I'm seeing a lot more suppliers face-to-face now. That's good. And getting out to different events and conferences. Right. So I think, yeah, real positive getting back in front of people and face-to-face. Oh, fantastic. Good stuff. So you've been in procurement quite a while. How long have you been? 27 years. 27 years. You get less for murder. I know. You? I don't look old enough for what people say. <laughs> so can you tell us, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your career journey in procurement? Where did it start? What's, what, what's the beginning, the middle, and the end, Steve? So the beginning for me was not even in procurement. Right. So I'm a fully qualified carpenter. Really? At a foreman level. Yeah, um, I've worked in engineering, building aeroplane wings. Really, uh, for Airbus. Yeah, wow. So that's given me good practical knowledge. Yeah, um, which has allowed me to thrive probably in FM and maintenance. Right, because I can talk to the engineers, and although I don't understand and can do all their algebraic yeah. calibrations yeah, yeah. and calculations, all of that dark magic. Um, yeah, yeah, I can understand how a system works. Right, so I've really. F- like most people, fell into procurement by pure accident. Okay. Um, I went in as a temp at Glaxo Welcome at the time. Right. And it happened to be that temp role was in procurement. Okay. Um, purchasing raw materials. Right, so okay. So I was buying all of the kind of active products that go into asthma devices and tablets. Wow. So, yeah, it was a really good start. I really enjoyed the time in Glaxo. Yeah. Um, after I think it's about three or four months, they took me on permanent. Right, and how um, long ago was that? That was twenty-seven years ago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so. By the way, for anybody that's, that that can't see Steve, obviously because we, we don't video these, he looks incredibly young. To be fair, he looks like his paper rhymed was all downhill. <laughs> yeah, there's a few grey hairs. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it was. I went permanent, and then. Yep moved across from raw materials into buying indirects. Yep. So that was laboratory supplies, calibration for the laboratory equipment, right? manufacturing equipment, maintenance, warehousing. So the whole rafter of different things that they did on the manufacturing site. Um, I picked up capital equipment right. as well um, yep. when a guy retired, and that allowed me to start looking at like the total life cycle cost. Yeah. So whereas when one person buys the capital equipment, yeah, they're focused on the price of the equipment mm. and they're saying, look, pat on the back, I saved 20% on that equipment. Yeah, yeah. But they don't always consider the maintenance side of it. Yeah. And then the manufacturers will go, oh, yeah, brilliant. We can put the price up on the maintenance because yeah. they didn't consider that. So right. you may end up paying more, whereas when I was looking after both, I had the full consideration of looking at how much is it going to cost us over yeah. the whole life of that equipment. So that was a really beneficial piece of work and role to have uh, yeah, it's, within it's that a, business. It's a really broad church, isn't it, really, in terms of what you were responsible for buying? Um, yeah. Especially at the start of your procurement career. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, but I think that's really what helped me to develop um, and probably gave me the sort of love and the passion in procurement Yeah, because it was different every day. I was buying different things. I was dealing with lots of different stakeholders. So yeah. I'd be dealing with warehouse managers one day, um, production operators, engineers, yeah. um, the stores people. So I dealt with everyone on everything, yeah. um, which was fantastic because it gave me a really broad spectrum 
uh, yeah. different categories to look after. Wow. And so was there, was there a limit on what you could procure in terms of a value or was there, were there, were there boundaries put in place because you were quite new to the industry? Uh, not really, no. So Just let you go at it. <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, 10,000 widgets. Yeah, Glaxo <laughs> at the time um, were like an AT Kearney sort of top tier yeah. um, company. So they were world leading in procurement. Yeah. Um, we had sourcing management at the time, which is what you'd call category management now. Yeah. So they were quite pioneering. Um, so my training there was a really good base. And yeah. we had governance in place. So if I wrote a sourcing strategy, that would go through approvals of senior managers. Um, and they were really supportive. I was training to do my MSIPs, which right. they supported, paid for, gave yeah, me yeah. time to do. Okay. So... It was a fantastic company to go into yeah. uh, as a new procurement person. To cut your teeth within yeah, that environment. It, yeah. I mean, there was about 1,000 procurement people across the world for right. Glaxo, SmithKline at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were able to tap into lots of different people's experiences, um, and that really allowed me to learn very quickly about procurement, different yeah. ways of doing things. Right. So it was, a, as I say, fantastic. And I, I'm always grateful for that opportunity. I worked yep. with them for about 11 years nearly. Right, okay. I so had an eight-month break yep. where I went to live in Cornwall yep. and I was buying mining equipment. Oh, really? So for English China Clay, um, who changed the name to Emirates Minerals, right? they were building a new dry mining plant. Right. Um, so it was all big rock crushers, um, things they call it like grizzly feeder. Well, that was cool. Uh, civils, yeah, that was, yeah. you're talking to kind of totally different supply chain. Yeah. And I was based in a little cottage um, right at the entrance to the pit. Really? So where they're mining all of the, um, it's basically granite that yeah. um, is, <coughs> excuse me, basically where you weather Mm. Um, it forms cracks, and then the dust in between is what they call kaolin, which is the white powder that's processed to go into um, like paper whitener. Oh, really? Um, and it goes into China. Right. So you make lots of, sort of different plates, cups, and stuff like that. Yeah. Out of it. But, yeah, so I was based in this little cottage that's all right, at then. the entrance to the pit. Yeah. Um, even to the point where they left the door open in the summer, I even had a little snake come in and I just out the corner of my eye saw this thing slivering across the floor. Yeah. So, uh, so I just got one of the shovels, sort of picked it up and put it back outside. That there. must have been quite unusual for a uh, for a London lad. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was very strange. Yeah. Um, and having supplier meetings, they had sort of, they can only really be described as old sheds yeah. that they'd converted into like meeting rooms. Right. And you had to wear like rigger boots or wellies because yeah, yeah. it was just an absolute bog walking to these places. I know. And so you get suppliers turning up their civil, so they've got their rigger boots on, but then you've got other ones that are selling equipment and they're yeah. turning up in suits and shoes and you're thinking, yeah, they're going to be ruined. Yeah. It's going <laughs> so, to last about 10 seconds, yeah. aren't yeah, But yeah, that, yeah. that was a totally different kind of procurement. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget being in a negotiation with a supplier mm. and my boss at the time um, was from France. Right. And he was a stickler. He wanted every single point agreed. There was yeah. no, well, let's park that for now and move on because it's causing a delay and we'll come back to it. It was like, no, we're sticking on that point until it's agreed. And right. it was, we were in the room for a, probably the best part of about 11 hours wow. <laughs> negotiating with a supplier. I think yeah. it's the longest negotiation I've ever been on. Uh, that, that doesn't surprise That sounds like a long it time. It was a long time. <laughs> Is that where some of the grey hairs came from? Yeah, like, I think on. so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was, um, again, another good learning curve. Mm. Um, but then sorry, my wife at the time, my ex-wife, was feeling a little bit isolated because our family lived up here. Yeah. So... At that time, she was thinking about coming back. I got a call from um, one of my old bosses, bosses at Glaxo mm. and said, look, I'm interested in why you left. Um, you know, we thought you were a star of the future. So it was a bit of a shock that you left being here so long. Yeah. So can you just give me some feedback? So I fed back to him and he said, and are you happy? 
where you are. And I said, well, actually, I said, wife is kind of feeling a bit isolated. Mm. Um, so we might be looking for a move back. And he said, I've got two jobs for you. Really? You can go to Barnard Castle up near Newcastle yeah. or you can come to Crawley. Yeah. So we spoke about it and Crawley was closer to the family. Yeah, yeah. So we went there and I went back to GSK for a couple yeah. of years. Happy wife, happy life. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, Crawley, I was back at GSK. Yeah. Um, really good team there on site. And they were planning on developing the site, building a new um, sort of manufacturing building. Yeah. And then they went through kind of a state's review and yeah. said, actually, now we're going to close that site. Right. <laughs> so it's like, God, okay, typical, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, and it, it just, timing is everything. An agency phoned me up and said, oh, I've seen your CV and you think you've got the right skills for a job. Mm-hmm. And that was at Barclays. Right. So I was like, whereabouts is it based? And it's yeah. at Canary Wharf. And I used to work in London when I was doing the carpentry. Yeah, yeah. And I always used to drive past in the van, past Canary Wharf, and just yeah. like, wow, them buildings. But when they said about working, I was like, I'm not working in London. I've done that. I don't want to do it again. It's easy, said easy. Just seriously, go for the first interview. You'll see how easy it is. So yeah. jumped on there. Of course, interviews like middle of the day. Yeah. So it's easy. Get on the train. <laughs> oh, this is lovely. There's yeah. no people around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Travel in, get into London Bridge, Jubilee Line, beautiful line, yeah. nice and clean. Yeah. Go out to Canary Wharf, walk out. Off of the escalator, and you just go, wow. Yeah. You look up all these buildings. Yeah. It is cool, isn't it? And it's amazing. It's yeah. a lovely place. And I love London. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't live in London necessarily. I know it's for some people, it's not for others. Right. It's a bit like Marmite, isn't it? You either love it or you well, don't. Well, I, I love coming to London to visit. Yeah. And coming in on the weekend, I was up here this weekend and just walking around. And I love the different architectures that we've got in London. I'm saying, yeah. So, I love the vibrancy yeah, and the buildings and the history. pre-war and, buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next to shiny, full glass buildings. Yeah, it's so cool, isn't and it? And it is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I've not really experienced anywhere with quite so much diversity within yeah. the buildings and architecture. Completely agree. Yeah. So yeah. it's amazing and I was kind of taken by that. Yeah. Came in, I think I had the hardest interview I've ever had in my life. Right. A guy sat me in a glass, it was in um, one of the glass buildings in Mary Wall, but it was a particularly sunny day. We were sat near the window and the sun was blaring in. So I was just... You know, thinking, he must be thinking, I'm so nervous. Yeah, you were hot and uncomfortable. Uh, But it was, he was really good, actually. He was a really good guy. Mm. Um, But really challenged me but it was an enjoyable sort yeah. of interview and conversation but i came out there thinking god i've really been through an interview yeah and did then, you walk out thinking oh there's no way i got that a little bit yeah yeah i did think well i'm not sure and then, then ones in my experience they tend to be the ones that you get you yeah know? like it's actually a really difficult process and you're like oh god i mean i remember once i came out of an interview i rang my wife and i went she went, how did it go? And I went, oh, there's no way I got that. No, God, that, that was just horrendous. I, uh, yeah, I mean, there was other guys there were more experienced and blah, blah, blah. But I did my best, but yeah, no way. Then I put the phone down to her. Five minutes later, I'll get a call off the hiring manager telling me I've got the job. Yeah, and then five minutes fantastic. later, I'm ringing the wife and going, uh, I was wrong there. They've yeah. offered. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. it is, and you come out and they invited me back for a second interview. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, they, at the time, Barclays were really, and I think they still are, to be fair, they were very, very selective and very hard. They wanted... The right people. Well, and stars. Yeah. So, whereas I developed within GlaxoSmithKline and the people that were in, I was in the team with at the start, Yeah. I sort of developed and had passed them doing the SIPs and yeah. some of the things I'd been working on. And then I moved into R&D, mm. so, and that was a sort of step up the ladder. So I've kind of been a, one of the shining stars in GlaxoSmithKline and one to look at for the future. So always felt pretty yeah. good. Uh, and you're coming into Barclays where you know full well 
they're being rigorous and they're picking really good people. So when I first joined, it was sort of a bit nerve-wracking because yeah. some of them talked a lot of procurement language that you pick up in SIPs and that. Yeah. But a lot of people talk that and you scratch the surface and actually they know the words but not necessarily behind it. But yeah. these people knew everything behind it. Yeah. And what was, I suppose, what was really great about that is because you had those sort of people, it almost step changed my career. So yeah. I've been developing and sort of progressing over 10, 11 years in GSK. So did you have like a kind of imposter syndrome in those initial I did in the initial weeks when you joined well, probably, Barclays? I would say probably for the first three months. Right, okay. Uh, and the culture at the time wasn't very good. Right. It, we were, procurement was split over different floors. Right. There wasn't a great deal of interaction with other teams. You tended to stay in your category team mm. to the point where someone from GSK actually came into um, Barclays and I didn't know her that well. Uh, I think I'd met her a couple of times at conferences. Yeah. But I'd always heard she was really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a sort of really good person, always supportive and when she joined i actually sort of said oh can i just have five minutes with you and i said i can't get used to the culture here i said it's like gsk had a really good culture it yeah. was supportive it was all about developing people about leadership behaviors and barclays was quite formal lots of governance and i spoke to her and i said look you know we're going to lose people if we don't do something on the culture and as luck would have it, the CPO at the time, so Chief Procurement Officer, he was having exactly the same thoughts. Oh, really? So he was having conversations with people around developing a winning culture. Yeah. And so we actually got some kind of sports people in. They came in, um, gave us some training, and we actually – I was part of the culture change team. Mm. We actually developed what are our core values and not – kind of the aspiring values, but yeah. the actual values that people are going to live by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can have stuff to work towards, of but course. ultimately if you want to have a good culture, you need to have a good set of values that everyone believes in. Yep. So that's really sparked kind of my interest in culture and when mm. I'm looking at when I'm looking at moves, I look at a business and what sort of culture it is because it's really important to me. I couldn't agree more. For my success that yeah. I've got to fit within that culture, but it's also got to fit with my core belief system because if it doesn't, it will feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, completely agree. So, yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity and we did turn it round. Mm. And what a high-performing team it was. Yeah. We were set a savings target and everyone sort of looked at it and we're talking not hundreds of millions of savings target on this yeah. and everyone looked at him and said, there is no way. Yeah. And we absolutely smashed it. Really? Absolutely smashed it. And it was just because doing this work in sort of probably a six, eight month period, it just built a really solid culture, mm. um, which other departments then within the business that we worked with as our stakeholders, yeah. they were looking at us and going, we've seen a massive change, seeing yeah. this real success, you're all sharing information, you're working well together, yeah. you all seem to be highly motivated, enjoying it. Mm. W what did you do? So yeah. I actually went and sat with a property team and said, right, this is what we did. you got to sort of really go down, understand sort of where you are currently, yeah. what's acceptable and not acceptable and challenge each other on it yeah. because that's the big thing. A lot of people will put in their sort of this is our company values and yeah. it's honesty, integrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just go, right, okay. But if someone is acting outside of those values, is it then acceptable and do people feel empowered enough and confident enough to go and challenge people on to that? call that out. Yeah. 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 And, and that's what we were doing in Barclays, right, is if someone wasn't quite living up to the values, it was all right to say because it wasn't a personal thing. It was, look, we want to be a successful team. We want to be one team. 
and this is how you do it. Yeah. And, and it really does work. So, so was that culture that started in your team, is that something that eventually permeated throughout the whole of the, the business? Would you say, or uh, I don't know, because I left. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, they were um, offshore into Singapore, right? Okay. And I didn't fancy moving to Singapore at the time because I had two young children two here, yeah, yeah. And I didn't fancy living halfway around the world. So, it's fair at that time, I said, you know, it's not for me. Some of the team went out there. Um, it was it's a very, great very muggy there as well. I'm yeah, very, very muggy. But I think it was a really good experience for them. Yeah, um, and I think they kind of enjoyed their time there. Yeah. I think since Barclays have brought most of it back into the UK again. Right. Um, so did you actually get offered the opportunity to go to Singapore? Yeah, it? yeah, I could have gone really? with Barclays, yeah. Oh, wow. So, but yeah, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people who, I like going on holiday, yeah. but I do like living in the UK. I, I think I've lived, in, I've lived in other countries and I, I think the UK is one of the best countries in the world. And whenever I say that to people, they're like, what? No, no way. but, I, I, but I, I honestly, I honestly do. It's one of the, it's one of the the fairest places to live on the planet. Yeah, and it's steeped in so much history. history. Yeah. It's, I know we have a lot of rain, but that does yeah. make for beautiful countryside. It does. Yeah, we've got so many places yeah. to visit that probably none of us will see all of them. No, um, but I mean, even I went to North Wales. Yeah, and. We were just touring and visiting some of the castles, going around and visiting different places and just driving along the road. Yeah. And I just stopped. There was nothing around, but yeah. just stopped. And it's like there is a waterfall just coming out the middle of that rock face. Yeah. Not cascading over it, just literally coming out. <laughs> it's just like, how's it doing that? But it's amazing things like that. And yeah. this this country has got... Sort of so much culture as well. Yeah, um, we've got so many different cultures. Yeah, and we don't give it enough credit. No, and it's 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 interesting this country, and I, yeah, I, say, yeah, I, I like living here. Yeah, I do as well. I, do, I completely agree with you. You know, um, you know. I think um, I think sometimes sometimes we, you know, we have our problems. Of course, we do. Yeah, all, everybody all, does. All, all, all countries do, but I think um, I do think that when you look at how other countries operate and how they deal with issues and problems and things like that, I do think we're pretty good at it. I yeah. think we're a very tolerant um, nation. You know, I think I think that everybody's the, there's an element of acceptance within the country, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, and this this goes, I suppose, around to kind of the buzzwords in a moment, but diversity and inclusion. Yeah, and you think as a country we are and. As businesses, we need to be as well. Yeah. Because it's proven that the more diverse people you have in your organization, mm. the more successful you'll be because you're getting different perspectives and different ideas yeah. from lots of different people with different backgrounds, different yeah. cultures. They've worked in different businesses, yeah. maybe in different countries. So to get kind of the best solutions, you need that diverse group of people to kind of put all those ideas in yeah. a broad church yeah absolutely. As I said earlier. it's true though isn't it yeah, it really it is. is true it really know, is that, true. that really is what you want okay so to talk, talk so obviously you're at Barclays you know can I just ask one question you know has a and and we tend to find this especially with other guests on the show and things like that has have you had mentors throughout your career that have that have helped you and and shaped you as a professional yeah absolutely yeah um I've been really lucky to work with some really high caliber right. and really great people not just at procurement but i've met some genuinely really great people yeah um, over the years and i've been mentored and coached um, i've had some really good mm. I call them managers but they don't really manage them or leaders but they're my bosses yeah and They've had a massive influence mm. over my career and developing me, coming with different ideas. But not just telling you how to do something is yeah. that's the skill in coaching is yeah. sort of getting you to come to the answer yourself. Yeah. And I've been really lucky that I've been surrounded by people um, who have done that over the years, and that's something I've always appreciated of those people. Yeah. And if they listen to this, they'll know who they are and go. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. You don't, you, don't, um, you don't want to drop any names in there, make a podcast famous, as I like to call it? No, they'll know no. who they are. They'll know who they so, are? But 
I mean, one one particular boss um, mm. I worked with at Barclays. Right. After Barclays, I went to Marks and Spencers. Yeah. And was enjoying my time there. Yeah. He moved from Barclays to John Lewis Partnership. Yeah. And I'd been at, it was about six months after I left. Yeah. And he tried to poach me for job at the partnership. Yeah. And I was like, nah, no, I'm quite enjoying it here. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he tried again. We were out for a drink because we stayed friends. As you so, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, right. um, 12 months in, uh, do you want to come over? So I said, oh, tell me a bit more about it. And he mm. kind of sold me on it. And mm. I really enjoyed working with him and sort of working in his team. He mm. was kind of a softer approach um, but really got the best out of people. Yeah. So – Eventually, I said, yeah, okay, jumped yeah. over. And the partnership was somewhere where I had the opportunity to create stuff to almost give back. So, like, I'd received over the years. So mm. I got involved and was creating, like, the category management framework and toolkit and was training other people in that with right. a sort of small team. So I got to develop some of the structure and how procurement worked. So that was a fantastic yeah. opportunity that I grabbed with both hands and right. enjoyed doing it. Mm. But what I also did when I was at John Lewis was I got involved with SIPs right, and started talking to them about what are you doing to attract young people and to develop them through so that because like me and probably like yourself and Pretty much any procurement person I talk to is, you know, we fell in by accident, didn't yeah. really know about procurement till we got in an organisation. Yeah. And they said, I know, you can go and do that yeah, buy yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you kind of learn and be self-taught. You might go and do your sips. Mm. But I was more interested in how do you attract young people that are potential stars of the future? Yeah into procurement rather than going into being a, a pilot, a policeman, a nurse, yeah. all of the popular or a teacher, yeah. all of the popular things that are well publicised and when you go to kind of careers evening, they're all out. And, yeah. You know, they're all great careers and I wanted to make sure that people knew about procurement. So I actually adopted a school. Oh, really? So local to um, one of the... John Lewis Partnership Sites, got one of the local schools and I was lucky enough that the head of their business studies yeah. was an ex-procurement person. Oh, really? So she was really open to it. Um, we sat down, we had a few meetings on how it would work, how I could support it. Just just to ask, just for those, because I don't know, so I'm sure that there's probably, the, when you say adopt a school, was, was that a scheme or was that something that was yeah, a scheme kind of. within so, John Lewis? No, so it was something new. Right. Um, I think John, Waitrose used to go and support sort of careers evenings and have right. a stall. Yeah, yeah. But this was taking it to the next step. So okay. this was really supporting um, the people, mainly the students doing business studies. Yeah, yeah. But what I used to do, so I did the careers evening. Right. Absolutely, that was fine. Um did sort of talks, yeah. pulled in um, different people to come and talk to the students about different parts of the John Lewis partnership business. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we had the people who did like the property development planning. Right. So what they look at to basically position a new Waitrose store, a new John Lewis store, right. looking at the demographics. So as a business studies group, they were like, wow. Yeah. Um, because they were having to do something similar. So it's real practical stuff. Yeah, I didn't get um, anything like that when I did business studies at school. I'm a little bit disappointed. No, it <laughs> and, and this is what I wanted to do is want to make a difference. Yeah. Um, so at careers evening, I did help with CV writing skills. Right. Um, practice for sort of doing some interviews and how you can present yourself, what sort of questions to look out for. Um we took people on work experience and right. did two weeks in their summer holidays. So we said we'll commit to two weeks, yeah. but you'll have to do it in your summer holidays because they don't get two weeks out of school. Yeah, of course, yeah. So we did that. And yeah. the idea was sell it to sort of young, well, mid-teenagers. 
Mm. Um, get them interested. And all right, if they're not interested in procurement, I talked about all the different roles within sort of a retailer. Yeah. Because a lot of people would just look at a retailer and go, well, you either stack the shelves or the rails or yeah. your customer they, service they don't, or your They don't think about the back office and all, all of yeah. the other functions associated with absolutely. any business of scale. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, absolutely. And you did kind of see them sort of looking up and – it's quite a proud moment, I guess, because there's sort of like 100 kids in front of you yeah. who normally are just looking around the room, how yeah. quick can I get out of here and stop this Wally on stage talking <laughs> so I can go to break. Yeah. But I would say probably 80 to 90% of them were fully open to it. And when I talked about the opportunity to get work experience, I was like, wow, you know, John Lewis and Waitrose, they well-known names, yeah, yeah, of course. well-respected for quality. So an opportunity to come and work in John Lewis partnership, mm. it's like, wow, for a lot of teenagers. Yeah. So that was really to get them interested in procurement, um, talk to them about how they can kind of go into procurement, what yeah. they need to study. And then I set up an industrial placement scheme. Oh, so really? when people go to uni do a couple of years, then come and have a work placement for a year, go mm. back. And I ran it for, I think it was running for about four years before I then moved on from the partnership. Yeah. But I had some great people. And then I set up a grad scheme. Oh, really? So the idea is sell it when they're doing their A-levels. Yeah. They then go to university. They come and do an industrial placement year. Yeah doing a year in procurement, you'll grow to love it because it doesn't normally take that long. <laughs> and you'll realise why I was so passionate and going, yeah. actually, I can see what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then they do the industrial placement, go back, finish their degree, and then come back on the grad scheme. Right. And do a grad scheme in procurement, Yeah, um, moving around some of the different categories, Yeah, um, and then get a permanent job and have a great career in procurement. So we were trying to identify the stars of the future. Mm. And I had two grads, I had four reporting into me, yeah. but there was two that had come through the industrial placement scheme. Yeah. And they've gone on to do really great things and they will continue to do it. They're still, I mean, all of the grads I was proud of, um, they've all developed, they've progressed. Uh, but these two will go on to do some really good things in procurement. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm kind of proud that I had a hand in sort of feeding that interest, but also proud of them because they were like sponges. Yeah. So you can try and teach people stuff, but if they're not really open to learning. Yeah, without a doubt. Then they won't. Yeah. But. These two, as I say, they were like sponges. They were just, yeah, give me more. And they went round to different teams. Yeah. And they just learn and learn and learn. And one of them's working for a procurement consultancy now. Right. One of them's, funnily enough, gone to Barclays. Really? <laughs> so, you you uh, inspired them to join yeah. and then the Big B. One of the other ones I saw recently, um, and he's progressed. He's leading a small procurement team now, so he's right. doing well. Um, and the other girl that worked for me, she... Actually, because I left partnership, went to Serco. Yeah. She came to Serco with me. Yeah. Did really well there and then had another jump out there. So, yeah, yeah they've all done and will continue to do really well. Um, and it's all started from kind of that industrial placement scheme and that grad yeah, scheme. Yeah. So, 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 so in effect, you've gone from, you know, being mentored yep. to effectively becoming a mentor yourself for multiple individuals that now have a fantastic career trajectory yep. within the procurement world. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not surprised you're proud. I'd be really proud yeah. of that as well. I think that that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm really interested in developing people, bringing yep. because it's still not really a well-known career. No. Although there's more and more of us, I think companies are realising the benefits that procurement bring. Mm. But it's not really publicised in schools and it's yeah. never on, oh, these are your opportunities and careers. Yeah. You have to go to quite specific colleges to do it. So, yeah, for me, even though I know you say I've been mentored and coached to now yeah. being one, I was still being mentored and coached 
Yeah. Why I was coaching others. Um, I, well, the um, beauty of procurement is you never stop because you meet so many different people. No. You're always learning. Yeah, you never stop learning, do you? No. I, I don't think in any industry really, and, and you know, especially one that's as fast-paced and ever-changing yeah. as ours. Um, you know, I think every day is a school day. I still learn things now. Yeah, well, yeah. I learn a lot from the guests I have on the show. I've learned a lot from this. All right. To be fair, <laughs> I'm taking it all in like a sponge, as, yeah. as, as you said earlier. But you do. Yeah. I mean, you just you meet different people who have got different experiences from different industries, different sectors, different businesses, and they all have different perspectives and they've worked with people. So it's almost like that big collective you're learning all the time. And that's, yeah. I guess, one of the things I enjoy about procurement is you work with so many different people yeah and people are interesting yeah no they, I, I love people I, I, yeah I, you know it's my favorite thing people yeah absolutely yeah. and you deal with suppliers as well again they're working from a different perspective and they're working with lots of different customers yeah and they're working in different industries so you can learn so much from your um, suppliers as well yeah um you learn from your stakeholders yeah and that's you know you're kind of surrounded by sort of pools of knowledge that you can draw on so yeah that, that you can utilize to you know aid in your own development your own professional yeah. development and and take it forward so so obviously you know you, you went you know obviously from john lewis or the partnership as you call it yeah it's john you lewis know, partnership they call yeah. it the partnership into circo which kind of moves you into the fm world Yes. Um, and then, you know, you're now head of procurement um, at, at Dalkia UK. So, you know, that, that's, that, you know, it's, it's been looking at your career, it's, it's been quite a nice trajectory. And it, yes. se it seems that the trajectory has changed within a good time scale, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so, you know, talk us a little bit about, you know, now being head of procurement, what that involves, um, what you're responsible for examples and things like that yeah so i was lucky enough to come into it was environment at the time so yeah. part of the intech group um it was bought or acquired by um edf right. energy which yeah. is kind of edf and dalkia being their technical arm yeah so we've had really good support from a large organization who mm. are kind of Hands off, really, unless you need some support. So yeah. being part of that group, we've had access to some really great leadership courses. Yep. I talk to procurement people within EDF. Mm. So it's had a good, strong backing. And so, so your team doesn't doesn't does, does it bleed into EDF in terms of their operations? Or no, no. So it is so, quite well separate and insular. I say no. So as I say, I do have involvement, and I work yeah. with. Um, the EDF procurement team on things like net zero and sustainability. Yes. I work with them on a graduate scheme. Right. So we have grads doing three rotations. They do two rotations, um, eight months each in EDF, and then they right. come into um, Dalkia now. Oh, right, okay. Um, and do eight months with me as well. So, so you've kind of replicated the success that you had at the partnership from yeah. a graduate, graduate perspective. Yes. And rolled it out at Dalkia, but in a slightly different format. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's... The, the take, take advantage of those businesses. I mean, I think yeah, that's yeah. great. Okay. I mean, EDF has obviously got the size, um, their turnover dwarfs us, obviously. Um, well, yeah, I mean, but, we, we pay for it, don't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you look at, and um, that gives us some of the resources yeah. to do really good things. And... Within, so we changed our name this year from Environ to Dalkia. Yep. Um, as because we acquired Speed UK in December. So bringing that into the group, we've got that name license till the end of the year. Mm. So we kind of looked at it and said, do we change Speed UK into Imtech something? Yeah. Um, or do we take the opportunity Just to bring it all together? Look at the whole lot, yeah. bring it in together because. It gives a lot clearer picture of what the business does now yeah. as it's all under that one Dalkia banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas before you'd say, well, if you want kind of a, an M&E project, mm. you go and speak to Imtech Engineering Services. Yeah. If you then want it maintained, you go and talk to Environ. Yeah. If you want to look at energy, you go and talk to Breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it now brings it under and go, right. Dalkia can offer you all of these services. 
Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely positive. Um, so it's the technical arm of EDF. So now we're part of that Dalkia family. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a really exciting time. And mm. we're going through a lot of change because bringing Speed UK in, mm. um, we've got to integrate that into the business. So Yeah, and that's always challenging. Yeah, it's yeah. challenging, but it's interesting there'll be exciting times there'll be yeah. opportunities yeah um, that come out of that integration that change and those challenges so yeah, yeah it's an exciting time because it'd be a lot of rationalization of the supply base and things like that wouldn't there absolutely and that's kind of the next piece yeah that we're working on kind of as we speak really yeah um but when i first came in so i joined about four and a half years ago right um came in we were building a relatively new senior leadership team. So most of the mm. senior leadership team have been there a little bit longer than me um, or they're a little bit newer than me. Yeah. But they selected a really good leadership team who could drive the business forward. Right. So, and that shows when I joined turnover of 63 million. Yeah. Uh, this year will be about, probably around 120 million. Wow. And then, as we bring the speed FM piece in as well, that works yeah. up at 200 million. Wow. So massive growth, mm. um, which could pull a business apart. Yeah. But I think the strength in the leadership team and the people, we've got it right with the culture. Yeah. So as Environ, we had some really good values. They were quite simple. Yeah. Um, but really effective, just good business sense. We've changed them slightly now to be Dalkia values, but yeah. ultimately they're the same principles. Yeah, yeah. It's about, you know, people first. It's about caring for your people, looking after their health, safety and well-being. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, you know, being a trusted partner. Yep. So they're... I that's the key word there, trust. I, I, I it, think trust it is, is for me. And I'm really big on trust. Yeah. Um, and sort of delivering on your promises. If you yep. say you're going to do something... Right. Sometimes you can't, but then be open about it. Why you can't? Yeah. So yeah, so it's about communicating really, properly, being transparent. Absolutely. You know? If you can't do something right now, you know when can you do it? And if you can do, it, if it's three days time, tell them. Yeah, yeah. I no. can't do it now, but in three days time we can absolutely. resolve it. Yeah. You know, because um, I think that's where the frustrations in business are, isn't it? I think most things boil down to communication, um, whether it's. You know, and that's not to say that I'm because I get it wrong sometimes. You know, I do. Yeah, we know, all do. Like, without a doubt, you know, I think I think we're all human beings, and we all we all got that element wrong. But um, I think it's about striving to to try and resolve it. You know, yeah, which absolutely. I think is which I think is quite interesting. So, so Dalkia, so obviously you've been there now for four and a half years, approximately. I think. Yeah, four and a yeah, half yeah, years. Four and a half years. Um, so. Yeah, when I started, it was a greenfield opportunity. Yeah. Did um, you did you come in as, as head of procurement? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and what's your team consist of at the minute? So at the minute, I've got a procurement manager. Yep. Um, underneath me and an apprentice. Yep. I've got a grad starting in January. Right. Um, but what we do, so we're a small procurement team. Yep. But we tend to train the people out on the contracts are a contract team, so they yeah, yeah. can do some procurement themselves. So I Bec go around. It would make sense to procure locally in certain areas. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. For so, economies of scale and so on and so forth. Yeah, so I do procurement roadshows, which right. is going around, seeing the contract teams, yeah. you know, talking about are there any issues with the supply chain, yeah. how I can help them, but also kind of giving them some training on procurement, so there'll be a bit on tendering, the purchase mm. to pay process, ethics, supplier management. So all of this stuff, because that enables them to do some of their own procurement. Because mm. um, between the three of us, we can't deal with kind of a thousand suppliers, 60 million to spend. It's too much to deal with. Yeah. So by doing that, it allows us to kind of focus on getting the governance, the controls in place, setting up the frameworks, the yeah. tools and templates to get the business in a really good place. And that's what I've been building over the last four years. Yeah. I've been really lucky. When I came in, um, Noel Clancy's the MD mm. of Dalkia, mm. and he was my final interview Yeah, as before I came into the business. Right. And he was good and challenging 
but we had a really good conversation around what his expectations were, what he wanted out of procurement, what I wanted to build as procurement, and we were pretty much totally aligned in it. So it was that that kind of made me come into the business and say, you know, I've got a good boss now. Yeah. And as I say, I'm surrounded by a really good senior leadership team. Mm. But the business was really accepting. So you'll know in procurement that, you know, often we can be seen as the police and, oh, don't let them, they'll stop us doing what we (laughs) want to do. And you always get that little bit of resistance from people. Yeah. And Dow Care for me has been a breath of fresh air. So although I've developed really great stakeholder relationships in other businesses that I've worked in, it took time and you had to build those relationships, build that rapport. Yeah. Whereas coming into Dalkia, the people were open and receptive and they were just like, hey, you're the expert in procurement. So, yes, you're saying that's the right thing to do. Expert away, expert away. (laughs) But but they have and they've adopted stuff. They have an input. They're not afraid. And this is kind of contract supports, even Mm. engineers. I go out and when I'm on site, and the leadership team are really good at this, we go out, visit the sites, we talk to everybody who works on the contract. And the engineers are great because they just go, oh, they're useless, and you talk to them or, oh, we could do with this. You find out what some of the issues are Mm. and you can address them. So it's it's a fantastic, as I say, it's really receptive. People are really good within the organization but that's great but what was telling about that for me is that the 22 and a half years of experience that you obtained at the partnership barclays gsk the mine with the snakes in cornwall you know all of that stuff you know brought to brought you to a place where you could take on a project like dalkia and implement different ways of working and yeah. the ways of, you know, develop that procurement solution and take it forward, you know, because without that experience, you know, you wouldn't have had that legitimacy to go in there yeah, and, no, or the confidence, you know. Yeah. So, so it just goes to show how making positive, in, positive decisions within your career can drive you to a really successful place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And a little bit of luck with kind of people that you meet along the way. And the people piece is very important. That is critical for yeah. me. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm really proud of where we are within procurement, within yeah. Dalkia at the moment. And, again, that's because I've been given that freedom and autonomy. Yeah. Um, and we used to say, like, we had A, B, C, D, yeah. E for our values. Yeah. Um, and the E bit was the empowerment. Yeah, yeah. And I've always felt empowered within Dalkia to actually drive some change, try some different things. If it doesn't quite work, there's no yeah. one going, oh, yeah. I'm telling you off. It's supportive and going, oh, well, that didn't work. Let's try something new. Let's do something different. And that yeah. ethos is, I guess, why we've grown so much. Quite a collaborative approach. Yeah, and yeah. why we're continuing to be so successful. Okay. So, and that culture starts at the top. Um, and flows down into the business so yeah i'm working with really good people yeah and and as i say built that procurement framework we've got governance in place now yeah um you know spend under contracts there's a balanced scorecard in there yeah yeah which they didn't have before right we're tracking benefits now um and added value stuff so yeah it's much more cohesive still got Loads to do, a long yeah. way to go, and that's the beauty of procurement. You're just constantly evolving it. Yeah. But the good thing is I've got that real good support behind me Yeah. Um, that everyone's driving you to do that. They want you to do it. They want you to succeed because ultimately everyone wants the business to be successful. Yeah, of course. And yeah. we want to have a bit of fun on yeah. the way while we're doing it. A bit of a giggle on the way. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what I get. So, yeah. it's yeah, it's been a really good move for me. Um pleased i came into dalkia yeah and it's allowed me to i suppose step up a bit and go actually god there's no one else i'm yeah. responsible for this yeah um bit nerve-wracking at the start that imposter sister again it's, it's it gone though because yeah, well, no, yeah, yeah, you do think well am i capable of doing yes yeah.
Is that the right um, decision? Questioning yourself. Yeah. But those internal meetings yeah, in your mind between is. you and the other one. Yeah. But that's the beauty of having I've got a really supportive manager. Yeah. Um I say OMD's really supportive. Right. So they've been there to go, absolutely it's the right thing. Yeah. And yeah, just it's encouragement. Yeah. Um, so they don't often tell me what I need to do. No. But and again, that's why I say you're always being coached and they're great yeah. at it. They just have you thought about this? And you go, actually, no, I haven't. Oh, I can yeah. develop something on that. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's like, yeah, you're empowered. You go and do it. Yeah. You look after procurement. You are Mr. Procurement in this business. So it's your responsibility. Yeah. And we'll support you however you need it. Yeah. Expert away, expert yeah, away. It is, <laughs> it is. But as I say, you can't do it without that really great support. Yeah. Um, and I feel, you know, I'm very lucky that I've had that level of support. Yeah. Um, and again, working with another great lot of people. Yeah, brilliant. All right, Steve. Well, that actually brings us to the end. Is it? That's, right. Yeah, that has actually been an incredibly interesting podcast. Um, I think I only asked you one question, and then we just we just went off on I can't one. Talk. Yeah. No, no, it's not just you. It's, uh, you know what you were talking about was really interesting. Um, and, and you know, I'm sure you know our listeners, people that are looking to move into the industry, um, will find your insightful your, your insights incredibly helpful. Um, so I'd like to thank you for joining us yeah, on the show today. Um, I found it incredibly interesting. What about my protege to the right? He's enjoyed it as well. He's grinning away, excellent, which is always good. Um, and yourself, have you enjoyed it? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't yeah. get to talk about half the things that I was going to talk. We're about. We're going to have to get you one for another free show, Steve. I reckon. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think we've only covered question one. <laughs> so it's, uh, you are literally it's one of fifteen. <laughs> yeah, that's literally true. Literally true. Huh? Okay, yeah, well, I'm more than happy to come back because you know it's talking about. The stuff I was going to talk about today as well was yeah. kind of net zero, where we see procurement going in the future. Yeah, yeah, because we um, want to talk about that too. Yeah, yeah, we've got some real interesting times ahead of us. I, I can smell a part two coming. That's what that's, that's what I'm that's what yeah, I've I've got more than happily come back. Yeah. We only get we, we only want about 40, 45 minutes, that's all. So. <laughs> there you are. Okay. All right. We'll make it more concise next time. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I found that really interesting. And to be fair, listen, who doesn't like a sequel? Yeah, absolutely. You know, who doesn't like a sequel? It won't be quite Jaws, but I think it's definitely we could do Return Fast, of the Jedi. Fast and the Furious. We could. There's like 10 now. 10? I think, yeah, and the 10th one I think is broken into two, or we could be Mission Impossible, you Mission see. Impossible. Again, they've broken their last episode into two I think well. they have, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Well, there we go then. Two. Yeah, exactly. Okay, lovely. Well, listen, guys, um, everybody, thank you very much for, for tuning in to today's episode. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure that all of you will have enjoyed it as well. And look out for part two. Okay. <laughs>